different energy from what I thought you were going to come out with. I'm just trying to channel the Mothman. I'm just trying to think, what would the Mothman do? In case you don't know, I'm talking about the Mothman. Also, my mum just came in and tried to offer me ice cream. Lovely! <laughs> <laughs> yourself, emerging from the darkness to give you ice cream. Basically. Is it vanilla? Like it's vanilla. Mackie's Good Scottish ice cream. Except they're yins, so. Stop mm. <laughs> <laughs> ruining things for me. Honestly, I can't eat oh, Mackie's ice cream crisps or their chocolate because they brought out like um, one of their chocolate bars with a massive Union Jack on it, and I just thought, oh, no, fuck them. Fucking I mean, that is disappointing. Yeah. I love their honeycomb ice cream as well. Like. And also did I, but I just can't. I just can't eat you an ice cream. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just can't do it. Just let me enjoy it while I'm here. Okay, you, you can enjoy it. Just, just try and forget. Oh, yeah. Anywho, I'm sure um, Bigfoot would be pro independence, and so the Wolfman. I don't know about your cryptic jazz, but uh, yeah. So we're just going to talk about the classic sort of big free cryptids. Bigfoot. I mean, pretty much everyone. Has heard of Bigfoot, also his cousin the Yeti. What's the yeah. other version of Bigfoot? There's yeah, a Yeti, Sasquatch. Sasquatch. She thinks the same thing, isn't it? Yeah, there's lots of other like me versions that, to be, for, for some weird reason, I didn't know. <laughs> um, but like lots of little colloquial names for them. But those are the three big names. But yeah, they're all they're all basically the same thing. Is, Sas- is Sasquatch a wood a woodland Bigfoot or? Sasquatch is the same wood, so I found this out where I was researching it, so Sasquatch is the same woodland Bigfoot as Bigfoot, it's just the bands of woodland is so huge, and it's like in North America, so people in North America, like the USA, call them Bigfoot, Bigfoots, Bigfeets. Is it a a Canadian word? Sasquatch? Sasquatch is the Canadian word, so basically, Ah. the big, I'm going to call them Bigfeet. (laughs) The big feet that live in the very north of the forest are called Sasquatches. And the big feet that live in the more southerly part of the forest are called Bigfoot. But and then all there's an abominable snowman, which is the same as a Yeti, I guess. Yeah. Right. I think basically like Yeti and Sasquatch are the, if you want, like proper names. Like if they were discovered like to not be cryptids. And then Bigfoot and the abominable snowman are kind of the, like, 
American dumb down. Yeah, like they're American dumb nicknames. <laughs> Yasmin, you know how you were watching the X Files? Do you remember the episode where there was supposedly a Bigfoot in it, but it turned out to be like a wild woman? <laughs> oh, it was like it was a couple, and they were like yes. Lovers. And like they killed the boy one, and like she oh yeah. Them. But it was such a shame. It like, was I, a shame. It upset me. I was like, why do you have to kill them? They're not oh, harming anyone. Oh just yeah, that them. was upsetting. That was very upsetting. That'd be a shame. But I mean, Bigfoot slash Sasquatch slash Yeti slash the Abominable Snowman. Like, I couldn't really find, I'll, I'll, when we look at it, I'll get to, like, any sort of stories of them being evil and scary. But I wasn't convinced by any of them. Like, they seem really, no. really sweet. So I don't think anyone should tell any of them. I just think of Harry and the Hendersons. And I all- love yeah. Do you know what always plays in my mind? I've watched that film. Me and my sister used to watch that film on repeat when we were like, I don't know, seven, five and six or something, round about that age. Under ten. And uh, I don't know why my mum bought it for like on VHS. <laughs> Is that well, a film appropriate for kids? All the time as well. And, and it's that like... scene that sticks in my mind when John Lithgow's like, um, he's drawn pictures, like he's a good artist or something. And he's drawn loads of like horrible pictures of Bigfoot being like evil and sort of scary and aggressive. And then Harry, he uh, finds them and he gets all upset because he thinks that John Lithgow's character thinks he's evil and he runs away. But then he he doesn't see the one, the nice one that he did of him where he's all like lovely. (laughs) All the the big feet are lovely. they're just gentle creatures aren't they yeah they're just like gentle woodlands creatures and they've never well there's not any stories of like big unlike the mothman there's not any stories of like anything bad happening around people who've encountered bigfoot they seem to be quite you know elusive or quite shy and stay away from people i think like the will i just sort of roll into big will i just go (laughs) so um yeah as we were saying like so Bigfoot is the name that he's normally or she's normally or they're normally called in the USA or Sasquatch in Canada, Yeti, the Abominable Snowman in the Himalayas and then there's lots of other places that are quite mountainous and have lots of expanses of woodlands tend to have quite similar tales and I'll get I'll sort of look round to what why I think that is but most of what I've looked at concentrates on the Pacific the Pacific Northwest <laughs> in the USA because one third of all Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti sightings take place there um, globally. So as you said, everyone knows who Bigfoot is. So Bigfoot is a creature or a bunch of creatures, likely a bunch of creatures given how far spread they are, that um, grow from... This I thought was quite interesting. Like in your minds, how tall do you think most people who've spotted Bigfoot would describe Bigfoot as being? I mean, about six, seven foot. Yeah. That's in my head. I thought, I mean, not massively bigger than that, but I thought you were going to be talking like 10, 11 feet tall. But yeah, most people who spot Bigfoot say that a Bigfoot is between about six and seven feet tall. Um, oh, and, um, either. Like, I, I just thought at the end of the Harry and the Hendersons when you see him go back to the forest and he walks away and then you see a female one and he's little boy. <laughs> the other big feet. Yeah, there was loads of them. There was like older ones and they were all wonderful. It was just so cute. Like, I like the idea that I'm taller than some of the big feet. Like, oh, right. That's <laughs> yeah, they could be. Really? Like, for oh, like, not really. Star. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe because they're far. Is it like a Dougal, um thing from Faber Ted where 
like these ones are close, but those <laughs> ones are far oh. away, so they <laughs> they might appear bigger, but they're actually far away. I fucking love fat <laughs> So yeah, they're about my height. Um, and they're normally described as being kind of human-like or ape-like, hairy, and quite, like, always the stories, as you said, Leslie, are, like, about them being shy and reclusive. Like, they don't seem to be... They seem to be very calm creatures, and they seem to not want to be near cities or towns or lights or noise or... Like, they're just quite chill. Although I had... um, I don't know where I've seen this. I think it was a video on YouTube or something where... There was people who lived in farmland somewhere, like big Bigfoot country, and they said that across their their field they were just hanging about there, and across their field they seen this sort of Bigfoot kind of figure just walk across their fields, and they shout they shouted at it, and then it suddenly turned and started walking towards them, and they all started screaming and stuff. But I kind of think that makes me sad because maybe it was. They're, they were reacting like it was going to like kill them or something, but it was just walking. Mm-hmm. I think it was just walking towards them to say hi or out of curiosity, like you're shouting on me. W- would you want? Yeah, I feel like, that's yeah. like if you were walking through the park, yeah, and people were like, <laughs> hello, hello. And you were like, yeah, hi. And they were like, ah! <laughs> 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 Oh my God. I don't know why I'm now thinking of that episode of Family Guy where like Peter ends up being a big foot and he gets lost uh, in the forest and it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> if he's not seen that episode it's absolutely hilarious. I can't remember how he ends up getting lost in the forest and because he can't look after himself. He forgets how to speak and he just turns like really hairy <laughs> to not shave. And the only way they get up to come back is to remind him that he hates Meg but he's like totally <laughs> funny. <laughs> It's such a good episode, you should watch it. Oh, um, spoilers, that's not what I'm going to look back into. That's <laughs> not my explanation for Bigfoot. It's just Peter Griffin's so, like that got timeline, But this is a weird timeline, because it's a timeline, but a jump about in time, so you need to bear with me. I want to start in 1958. This is where Bigfoot gets the name Bigfoot from. So in 1958, a man called Gerald Crewe found a set of two-foot-long footprints near a construction site where there'd been spottings of this large ape-like creature and took uh, a cast of them. So that's where the name Bigfoot comes from because although the creature's about six feet tall, it has two-foot-long feet, which (laughs) are comparably big feet. Yeah, that's so that's where the name Bigfoot starts. It's not where the legend starts, which is why I'm jumping about a bit, but it's where the name Bigfoot starts. Yeah, and then that. if we go forward to 1967, um, there's the really famous film that you'll both have seen, I think everyone listening will have seen. It's uh, quite often called the Patterson-Gimlin film because yeah. the two men that are supposedly responsible for it are uh, Patterson and Gimlin, Mr. Patterson and Mr. Gimlin, if you will. <laughs> yeah. It's the, I mean, again, everyone will have seen it. It's the really famous one where, like, Bigfoot's in the distance kind of lumbering through the forest. Yeah, a lot of people say it's just a man in a suit, though. Well, Mm -hmm. yeah, so at the time, it was examined by the special effects department at somewhere that I haven't written down, but I think it was Universal. It was a film studio anyway. They said that the special effects department there, everyone who worked there looked at it and they said that the film was real. It hadn't been tampered with in, in any way. And that it was uh, impossible for a human to walk like that. It was definitely an animal walking like that. It wasn't somebody mimicking an animal. So it was kind of considered to be true. But 
Hatterson was well known prior to 1967 for faking sightings of cryptids and for faking evidence of Bigfoot. So that obviously makes it kind of suspect. And also a guy came forward just after Patterson died uh, saying that he actually played Bigfoot in the film. So <laughs> yeah, maybe he fell after he's died to say that. Yeah. So he can't. It's, it's just funny. But yeah, I, so I'm not overly convinced by that one, but it is the really famous one. And then sort of looking through the different bits of evidence, there was one I found from 2007, which a photo, well, it's apparently supposed to be a photo of a juvenile Bigfoot. So in 2007, a guy called Rick Jacobs, who was a hunter, had set up a tree-mounted camera in the Algaheny National Forest in Pennsylvania, and he'd set this up to basically see what predators were out hunting in the woods at night. But what he actually caught on it was this, what he believes is uh, maybe not a baby Bigfoot, but like a, a juvenile Bigfoot. So I'm going to put the picture in the chat just now. And I can also describe it while I'm sticking it in the chat. Like a wee, like, teenager-y, nerdy Bigfoot. Uh, no, he looks like a chill teenager-y Bigfoot. I feel like we would have been... Like, <laughs> he's wearing a wee baseball cap and socks over his trackies. Oh, my God. <laughs> a proper bath. <laughs> I'm glad that you guys are chatting, because this is taking me ages, because I now can't find it. Uh, I don't have my phone with me, so I'm going to have to go get it. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay, I mean, I just accidentally went and sent you a photo of the Grinch. <laughs> Because I just went into the thumbnail images and be like, oh, do you believe this is real? Screenshot. I'm like now just imagining a monkey with like a Ned suit on now. I am back. You can just send us it later. I don't no, want to see it. Now. You do realise people listening to this cannot see what we're looking at. I know, but I'm assuming you're going to cut this bit of me singing down so that people are... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to describe it, but I thought I'd say it to two of you. In fact, no, I've changed my mind. Yaz, I wish for you to describe it. I can't see it. Where I don't it? know where, where have you sent it. You don't uh, sent it to me, like, please. Group chat? Oh, no, wait. Apparently I haven't. Someone else it. Really? What the fuck is this? <laughs> I thought it was on WhatsApp, but it's not. It's on Skype, so I don't know where it is. No, it's on WhatsApp that I'm trying to send it, but I just realised that it didn't actually send <laughs> What did you smoke before coming on? Yeah, no, you've had a <laughs> There we go. Okay, after eight and a half years. Yes. <laughs> wow, I've never had that. Honestly, that looks just looks like a chimp. Yeah, it just looks like a monkey. And yeah, I'm really hairy. I think it's, yeah, the but reason I've there aren't chimps that live in Pennsylvania unless they escape from a lab or something. Might escape from a zoo, oh, or a lab, actually, yeah. But escape from a zoo or something. I feel a like, lab. well, I agree with you. Like, it looks really, again, which is what it's described as, it looks really ape-like. It's probably, like, a bit hairier than a chimp should be. I think its limbs are not exactly chimpy, but similar. It looks, so, well, why is it not st- stood upright? Or is it bending down to get... It's bending down 50p. Yeah. 50p. He's found a 10 the ground. He's three 50p's round about there for predators, but he accidentally Yeah, so it's this kind of like tall, chimp-like creature that's obviously moving through that woodland area at night. So when he looked through his pictures and saw that this is one of the things it had captured, 
he thought that's clearly to him a juvenile Bigfoot. Um, and if it isn't, as you guys said, it's obviously some sort of like escaped chimp from maybe a zoo or a lab or something. So he thought it was interesting. Um, so he contacted the authorities in Pennsylvania about it. But they had um, local scientists and zoologists look into it. And they all agreed that it was, and this is a quote, just an owl bear. Which oh, an owl. Wait, 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 I want to look at this again. What's an owl bear? And no, a not an owl bear. bear. Is <laughs> a bear with, with big eyes and wings? Like a sick bear. A sick bear. Oh, an owl bear. Its legs are too long. Yeah, it's like quite clearly not a bear. Its arms are too long. That's not yeah. a bear. That's fucking not a bear at all. I am I'm convinced by that, and I think that the American government are trying to cover up Bigfoot for some reason by pretending that they are an owl bear. Like, it doesn't look anything like a bear. It doesn't look like a bear. like a monkey from a lab, like you say, and they were the scientists that were, like, testing on it, and that's why it's all weird, and that's why they had to say, oh, no, it's just a bear, because they didn't want anyone to know they were testing on monkeys. That I could buy, yeah, but then the fact that they're they're trying to convince us that that's, that's an owl bear just makes me think it's actually more of a Bigfoot now, because yeah. if, they'd have, if they'd have just stuck with, oh, it's probably a chimp that's escaped <laughs> from, like, a circus, but yeah. a sick bear? No. It's just such a weird thing to say. And for his just to say that's a sick bear, it's like, but it doesn't even look like a bear. Okay, so I'm going to jump back in time now. Ooh, ooh, that's us going back in time. To the period between 1900 and 1950, so pre-Bigfoot being called Bigfoot. Uh, so at that point in time, we had settlers, mostly miners and hunters, that were starting to not to settle this area in North America because, as is always the case with every cryptid we look at, there were already people who lived there and had houses there but they were brown. So a bunch of white people showed up and said, we're going to settle this now and we're going to be the first people to live here, even though there was already people living there. Um, And they began to report that there was a large, hairy, it was quite often described in different ways, but a wild man or man of the forest um, and that they all lived around the Sixties River that would flow through this area that went from the northern part of America to the southern part of Canada. Um, so they started to report seeing this. There was quite a lot of sightings of it. Again, it adds into the other sightings that we've got. It was roughly six foot tall. Uh, it had very large feet. It was very, very shy and reclusive, and it seemed nice and calm and like it was a good creature. Now, this ties in with, which is what I think all of these creatures are. So I'm about to, to take a left turn and no longer call Bigfoot Bigfoot. This ties into the legend of the Seattle. So prior to the 1900s, there's a creature called the Seatco, which was a, I say a cryptid, but it was something that was part of their culture. So not really a cryptid. It was like one of the important animals to the tribes in this area, much like the eagle and the bear and well other creatures that are part of the, the sort of part of their religious beliefs and were quite often carved into their totems was the Seatco. So this was important to members of the Shilas tribe, the Klalum tribe, the Puget tribe, and the uh, Yakama tribes that were all native to America. They believed that the Siatko was a type of large animal, about six foot tall, that it was considered to be a very powerful animal. It was one of the spirits of the forest. They sometimes called them the night people because of their resemblance to human beings, but they were nocturnal. You would only see them at night. And they would only really move about on the edge of the forest. They wouldn't tend to come over towards the settlements. They were considered to be really shy. They were, like I said, tall. 
sure well. like I'm totally convinced that these things are real. Uh, yeah. I know there's no real evidence for it, but I actually do think they're real, and I don't want anyone to capture one or hurt one. I think the fact that reports of them go back so long, and mm-hmm. I get that you could say, okay, all four of these tribes were didn't really visit one another that often like they were all quite isolated where they were and have these stories but then yeah you could argue that well maybe members of the tribe had like you know sort of traveled out and had gone to live in new areas and that's where these new tribes came from but then the fact that then white people show up and are like get off our land that we've randomly decided to <laughs> like oh my god there's a big giant man it's like well they are seeing the same thing that the native people are seeing mm-hmm. and yeah, it just seems to indicate to me that there's what, definitely something there. What if they made it up though to scare away the white people? And be like, oh, you shouldn't settle here because there's a big bad monster. Like the drop bears in Australia? But <laughs> and then, they just dressed up as Bigfoot to try and scare them away? People have suggested that, but I don't think it would be that either because it's part of their totems. So it was part of like their religious customs going back like way before white people ever arrived in the Americas, so... I often wonder, like, what an impact of... Maybe that's why they're being seen, because obviously, like, people can travel more these days, and mm. they've got the technology, like, what that guy did, captured that, like, supposed sick bear, chimp, Bigfoot. Um, and, and also, like, the... Def- I don't know is how protected the forests are in America or how much of an impact, like, um, what's the word, urbanisation is having an impact on it, whereby do you think maybe Bigfoot don't yeah, have a lot of territory yeah. to roam or do well, they... so the, the forest that these creatures apparently live in like quite a lot of it mm-hmm. is protected and quite a lot of it oh, is quite good. like sprawling so it would make sense that if they do exist there it could add up that they're not spotted very often because if they are completely nocturnal and if they don't like like if they basically flee from noise and they flee from light mm-hmm. then it is possible because of how large the forests are and how and many areas they are that they would Again, be I keep referring to um, Harry and Henderson's like it's like a, a documentary, <laughs> but they they tend to, they might uh, blend in with their surroundings like they did, because I didn't notice when they moved, it was only until they, they moved away from a tree that I realised they were blending in with the bark that they were there, mm-hmm. so maybe they're really good at camouflage. It would make sense as well that if the that's why they like, like at night. Um, native peoples were saying that they are kind of brown, but they've got this like long, straggly grey hair, mm-hmm. and it's the the type of not that I helps with the type of trees because I can't remember the name, but they're brown, they're trees. But you know, you get that kind of like that plant that some people call old man's beard. Oh yeah, lost, okay. looks like straggly hair, so it mm-hmm. grows all over the trees and. Uh, these forests so it would make sense like they would be really good at camouflage because they're going to basically they're going to look like the local plant life mm. um, so they would be able to like camouflage in really well I then went I, I thought I'll try and look for some more evidence or some ideas about like what this well not what this could be because I'm now convinced that all of them are siakos but like <laughs> what's going on with siakos what are they so foolishly I started off by watching uh, finding Bigfoot on Animal Planet. <laughs> <laughs> is it as successful as such things as finding Hitler, where they never actually find any evidence that Hitler was in Argentina, but it just goes uh, on and on and on? Yes and no. I'd say they found similar evidence to what I found that Bigfoot's real. So I was, right. you know, good. But um, what they were trying to convince people of was like the danger of Bigfoot, which one, offensive, 
And yeah. so it was just really funny because they weren't, they were going and interviewing people that had had sightings of Bigfoot, but they were playing like sort of <laughs> music over the background. <laughs> but nothing scary was happening. It was literally just people going like, yeah, so like I came out of my door and like I looked down into like the wood area down there and there was like this tall being with like long arms moving through the woods. Yeah, and then just they cut the music and like zoom into like a picture of the woods in the darkness and be like, but oh was creature hiding. Like, so. Yeah, that's exactly the type of program I'm talking about where there's actually just no, like, it's just all talk. Yeah, there's nothing to it. Yeah, like nothing happened. The one that I really enjoyed because of all the dramatic music, again, I mean, it's basically the story I told. Then I read a guy called Chris Cahill, and basically his story was he lives on the edge of this forested area, and when he was out on his farmland, he'd gone to like his mailbox. And it was like dusk and he looked down the hill and at the bottom of the hill there was like on the edge of the woodland there was a, a, a Bigfoot creature, uh, sorry a Tiatko, although he obviously called it Bigfoot. And he sort of saw this creature and then it like saw him and sort of backed up into the woods and went away. That was the entire story, but the music they were playing, it, it was high drama. That helped me in like no way whatsoever. So then I looked at two other ideas. So one of them came from a geneticist called Brian Sykes. And um, he had been to the Himalayas where there was uh, several sightings of yetis. And there was two different people from two different sightings that claimed to have gathered some of this like moss-like hair after the sighting. Yeah, and again, they, um, they blend into the background as well because they're generally kind of white looking yeah. or snowy looking so it, it must be a part of their evolution is that they they're dare to blend in with their surroundings and nature which is what yeah, like, like they're, 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 yeah the way like polar bears are white and, they mm. and black bears live in the woods and they're yeah they blend in so it's kind of similar they collected like these two different yeti hair samples now as you say they were like really really light gray as opposed to the dark gray but that's possibly like evolutionary camouflaging and um, so he tested them and he said that they had genetic markers of a species of bear that would have lived in several areas over the world, uh, including in North America, but had been extinct for over 40,000 years. Hmm. So he hypothesized that that maybe the zoologist description of the picture that I showed you guys earlier. Yeah, I was going to say, that, does that not yeah. bring us back to the whole bear thing? So they yeah, related to bears? They're yeah, like evolved yeah. bears? Because there are some species of bear that obviously have longer limbs than others. And this species in one of those. So he said that he believed that it might be that there are sort of pockets of these long-limbed bears that still exist. And what with them being like an older type of bear, they might be more similar to like pandas than like grizzlies or whatever. And that would mean that they were very reclusive and unlikely to go near. Mm, but does that how does that explain them walking up on their like like hominids, like walking on two legs and walking similar to humans but i know then, bears can do that but they can't do it for long periods of time because they've got curved spines part of what you would argue is that we don't really know that that's the case because quite a lot of the idea that bigfoot walks like a human comes from the video that's the one thing that i think was definitely faked because right. actually you look at that photo like you say it looks like it's picking up a 50p so it is kind of walking <laughs> a bit like a bear yeah, with long arms yeah. um and in the like sort of native people's idea of the siako again it's always kind of carved so that it's walking almost on like the back of its hands like an orangutan okay i could buy that and then the 
other idea that people came up with, which I'm not as convinced by because it's not based on DNA evidence, but uh, quite a lot of uh, cryptozoologists have said that they think it might be uh, pockets of Gigantopithecus that still exist. So Gigantopithecus is like one of uh, humanity's ancestors. Um, it comes earlier in like our evolutionary chain than uh, sort of Neanderthals and creatures like that. And basically they all became extinct, but they're really closely related to us. And the, the ways in which they're different are that they tend to have like longer limbs, they tend to be taller, they tend to have bigger feet, and they tend to be hairier than other humans were at that point in time. So there's been quite a lot of scientists that say, well, maybe there's just still small tribes of them that live throughout the world, which I like the idea of, but I'm more convinced by a sort of combi, siaco, and this um, bear idea. Kind of loses a bit of magic for me though, because I like to imagine them as the wild men of the, the forests, and mm. they're sort of I don't know, <laughs> some yeah. mystical yeah. Robin Hood characters, yeah. <laughs> like green men like, characters. They're like a wee forgotten tribe that have just been left in the forest, looking and after the animals, and yeah. Like I don't, you, you see, it, it'd be it's fascinating. Like, what would their social life be like? I'm not saying they go out like partying and stuff, <laughs> but. <laughs> Well, they might, but it's I, Corona. They're not going anywhere. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I wonder if coronavirus would affect the, the Bigfoot. Oh, really thought about that. I mean, if they're Gigantopithecus, which is your mm-hmm. preference, then I guess it could because they'd have really similar. Like, well, DNA I read an interesting was. thing about Neanderthals recently is that the, they think one of the theories is that the reason why Neanderthals sort of became extinct is because their immune system was more susceptible to homo sapiens sexual transmitted diseases and things because they were like banging each other they don't know whether it was the females you know female humanoid homo sapiens seducing the the um, neanderthals or the other way around but anyway they do know that they mated and that people today who have neanderthal sort of dna in them or genes um are more susceptible to getting diseases. Oh. So they're like legitimate love children of these. Well, yeah, they're still. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And the the reason they died out is because they just couldn't they couldn't handle the, the like diseases that were getting passed on to them from ourselves, and also that maybe it's just that they were bred out, you know, after a while. That makes me think as well, though. Gigantopithecus, if they are still alive, and that's what Bigfoot is are so closely related to us that that would mean that much like with Neanderthals, like you would be able to interbreed. So you could technically have a, like, half Bigfoot, <laughs> half human baby. Why? Unless you, like, like, if you're really into bears. bears. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I think like, yeah, a, a gay Bigfoot would make a killing in a, in a bear club. The twinks would love it. <laughs> <laughs> the cubs. <laughs> The cops would be the smaller ones. <laughs> gay bar. Yeah. They might have gay relationships. We, we just don't know what their society's like. Because well, they're they very would, Like all intelligent, like all animals that have above a certain level of intelligence all like have uh, like gay and bisexual members of their communities. So Penguins are, can be gay and, you know, the, uh, we do know animals are gay. Yeah. Homosexual relationships. So when people say that homosexuality is an abomination to nature, well, no, it's not. It's part of nature. It happens. So deal with it. I like that as a note for ending on. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Some people are gay. Get that. Fuck over it. <laughs> right. You're talking 
about the um, Native American sort of side of things, I have a link to the Mothman. Oh, before you go, before we move on to the Mothman, I just want to mention that I don't know if anyone's heard of the Grey Man of Ben Moore. Has anyone heard of him? No. Well, some people say that it's a ghost. It's like a ghost that follows you. Uh, I see if you go up this mountain, uh, Ben Moore, it's a notorious um, mountain near like the uh, Glencoe area. And my great uncle Davy, he climbed it and had a heart attack and died on it. No, it's, it's called the killer. It's like a lot of people, it's so steep that it really is that difficult to like climb. It can, if you've got poor health, don't climb it. But my uncle Davy loved climbing, so he died with doing what he loved. Um, my boyfriend climbed it with his mate Richie, you know, Richie. Yeah. And Richie spewed several times halfway <laughs> because it was that bad. And apparently the so a lot of walkers that have gone up this mountain, I don't know whether it's because they're feeling ill or whatever, but some people see um, the sighting of what looks like a big grey man creature. And some people say that it could be a type of Bigfoot or other people are saying it's like a ghost or some people just say it's like an optical illusion because when it's like misty and foggy up there, the light sort of hits and it creates a sort of like shadow or silhouette of what looks like a big grey man. But I like to I think like it's like a Scottish Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Plus, yeah. like, the, again, like with the misconceptions of what he actually looks like, because that Patterson-Gimlin film, that's where we get the idea of Bigfoot being brown from, because they mm-hmm. kind of depicted him as, like, with, I suppose, kind of Caucasian skin and yeah. brown fur, whereas actually, according to the, like, native people's legends, the Siaco has, like... I suppose sort of dark caramel coloured skin and grey fur, so a big he would be a big grey man. Yeah, and then maybe because it's like kind of dreech or grey up there, like often very low clouds, then they probably would blend in better amongst the, the sort of mountain hills of Scotland. And um, we used to have bears before they were all hunted to death, so yeah, that's true. Again, if that zoologist guy saying it was like a species of bear that was quite widely spread, then it could probably Right, well um I'm going to talk about the Mothman and there is a link to American, like Native Americans, because one of the theories about where the Mothman may have came from is that the region where the Mothman was first sighted in West Virginia, there's a place called, it's called Pleasant, Point Pleasant, that's where it all originates and they actually have a Mothman festival every year, that um, much like, you know, Roswell. Yeah, because you know how Roswell have like, you know, the alien connection and they all have like alien mm-hmm. diners and all that. Well, Point Pleasant actually has a massive chrome statue. It's badass, by the way. I love it. Of the Mothman. And recently, you know how when people were like started to pull down Confederate statues, there was um, yeah. a petition going about that they should replace all those statues with statues of the Mothman instead, which I think is great. Yeah, so then people were saying, well, not why not either. replace them all with all different all different types of cryptids, not just the Mothman. Yeah. <laughs> I've just Googled it. It looks so pretty. Yeah, have you like, seen it? Yeah, he's got it's big wings and kind of big red eyes. And yeah, he's got a bit of a six pack like, as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of looks like a Marvel comic character, but like butterfly well, wing. It's funny you should say that because uh, Batman had a character called Killer Moth. And it was, it was, and it wasn't, it, it wasn't, um, drawn in or part of the Batman comics after Mothman. Mothman was named after sort of Batman because like Batman was big in the 60s, 
Mothman was um, first sighted in the mid-60s. So they took the inspiration from Batman and just called this thing Mothman. And also it just happened to be that one of the, um, the villains in Batman was called Killer Moth. And he had a similar look to that statue, mm-hmm. similar costume and everything. But the thing is, Mothman, he doesn't look like a moth. All the sightings of him are, are not moth-like at all, like in the descriptions. But to go back to the Native American thing, they think it might go back to, so it, it originates because there was a guy, an early Indian, uh, well, in the 18th century, there was a guy called Chief Cornstalk. He initially fought the, you know, like all the white people that are coming to claim his land, like you said, Mark. Yeah. He had like 1,200 of his warriors and they all like sort of fought against the the colonists that came over from Britain and various other places. But they couldn't basically win against musket fire, so a lot of them got killed and he had to retreat. So then later on when the Americans were, well, they, you know, we wanted to become American independents and stuff like that from the British, they went to Chief Cornstalk and said, look, um, can you maybe help us out because you're a great warrior and everything and, you know, you're quite good at strategy. And they think a lot of the strategy that they used to win the American War of Independence was taken from Native American warlords and warriors. And he was like, nah, fuck you. I don't want to to take part in this. So what they did was they basically took him and a couple of his other mates and took him hostage. Some people think he voluntarily went, but I don't know about that. And he was sort of treated really well at this fort. I think he did tell them some things that was helpful, but he refused to actually take part in it. What happened was that later on, his son came to visit him. He There was some sort of like, ah, yeah, there was gunfire heard outside the walls of the fort where he was being held prisoner or hostage or whatever. And when the men went out to investigate, they discovered that two soldiers who had left the stockade to hunt deer had been ambushed by Indians. One of them had escaped, but the other man had been killed. But it was nothing to do with anything with Chief Cornstalk because he was inside the fort. So he didn't give any orders. His son was in visiting him. But, oh yeah, his son went to visit him, but then he took him hostage as well. (laughs) (laughs) So he couldn't leave. Yeah. So, of course, they um, immediately blamed Chief Cornstalk, even though it was absolutely nothing to do with him. It was just other random Indians that just decided to fuck them up. The soldiers in the garrison were like raging about it. And acting against orders, they broke into the quarters where Cornstalk and other Indians were being held. Even though, again, the men had nothing to do with the crime, they decided to just execute them as revenge. So they burst through, yeah, as the soldiers burst through the doorway, Cornstalk rose to meet them. It was said he stood facing the soldiers with such bravery that they paused momentarily in their attack. But it wasn't enough, and the soldiers still opened fire with their muskets. Red Hawk tried to escape up through a chimney, but was pulled back down and slaughtered. Uh, Alimi Pis, uh, what's his name? Alini Pisico, that was uh, Cornstalk's son. He was shot where he'd been sitting on a stool, and the unknown Indian, an unknown Indian, was strangled to death. So Cornstalk, he was shot eight times before he fell to the floor. But as he lay dying, he was said to had pronounced a now legendary curse. So the stories say that he looked upon his assassins and spoke to them. I was the border man's friend. Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and lands. I refused to join your pale-faced enemies with the red coats. I came to the fort as your friend and you murdered me. 
You have murdered by my side my young son. For this, may the curse of the great spirit rest upon this land. May it be blighted by nature. May it be blighted by its hopes. May the strength of its peoples be paralyzed by the stain of our blood. And then he obviously had the... Yeah, I mean, he must have had the energy after being shot eight times to say that, but no. okay. And then the anger, after, give him adrenaline. Yeah, oh immediately after he said that, he just died. Bodies of the other Indians were taken and dumped into the Kanawha River, but Cornstalk's corpse was buried near the fort on Point Pleasant, which is where the Mothman comes in, overlooking the junction of Kanawha and the Ohio Rivers, where he remained for many years, but he wouldn't rest in peace. So, after a while, his bones were moved in 1840 to the grounds of the Mason County Courthouse, where in 1899, a monument was erected in Cornstalk's memory. In the late 1950s, a new courthouse was built in Point Pleasant, and the chief's remains, which only consisted now of three teeth and about 15 pieces of bone, were placed in an aluminium box, and re-interned in a corner of the town to Andy Way Park next to the grave of a Virginia frontiersman that Cornstalk once fought and later befriended. And then they erected a 12-foot monument, which was, again, erected in his honour. But when they did that, <laughs> there was a load of setbacks. So the dedication ceremony had been set for July the 22nd, but on the night before the event, the clear over head sky erupted with lightning and struck the upper part of the crane that was supposed to put the monument in place so that badly damaged it and it took nearly a month to repair it. The monument was finally dedicated and stood for years until July 4th 1921 on that day another bolt of lightning struck the monument damaging the capstone and some granite blocks they were replaced and then the monument still stands today but what is this deviled obelisk that seems to attract inexplicable lightning on an otherwise clear evenings and it is also a monument to the men who died in the 1774 Battle of Point Pleasant when Cornstalk and his allies were defeated. So that that's weird. So it's like twice lightning struck his monument where his bones were buried. And then there was several tragedies over the years that affected Point Pleasant or the surrounding area. So in 1907, there was the worst coal mine disaster in American history, which took place in West Virginia on the 6th of December when 310 miners were killed. 1944, 150 people were killed when a tornado ripped through the Tri-State Triangular area. And then we get to 1967, where the Silver Bridge disaster. So this is linked with the Mothman, and this is sort of like... The story is, before this, this event happened, the Mothman was first spotted by some grave diggers. So... It was in 1966, on the 12th of November, near Clendenin, in West Virginia. Five men were in a cemetery and they were digging a grave for burial when they saw something they couldn't explain. What they saw was, lifting off from the nearby trees, a browned winged creature. Held to the fact that what lifted off beyond the trees was no bird, they said it was a humanoid. Some people say that what they saw wasn't that, but it was something called a sand crane. And if you look up a sand crane, it's not native to West Virginia, but it's like the size of a man. It has a wide winds, winds, uh, wingspan and it also has like a red patch on its face. So when people describe seeing like a winged figure with red eyes, they might they theorize that it could be one of them that they were seeing. 
Um, the creature was sighted in many places across West Virginia and the surrounding states, but the largest number of sightings happened near the old West Virginia Ordnance Works, which known by locals as the TNT area. So it was an old abandoned like World War II facility, which during its operation it manufactured ammunition and dynamite, and the surrounding area is mostly forest. There was concrete domes called igloos. They were used to store barrels of gunpowder, it's an area, abandoned tunnels, most of which have collapsed, blah, 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 right, taken over by wildlife. But what people theorise is that there was experiments going on in there, um, nuclear experiments or something, and that it might oh. have mutilated or, like, caused a, a, one of these sand cranes to become, like, a sort of Godzilla-type creature. <laughs> <laughs> also, could have caused, like, mutations in, like, people yeah. or their babies and stuff, and then they look really, like... Well, yeah. Um, I'm looking at a sand crane just now and their yeah. eyes are really intense and mm-hmm. I mean I actually really like them but yeah I suppose they're quite big if one of them came at me in the night and you had to just google it I would have no idea what it was and I would be terrified. But what interests me is like the Mothman also sounds a bit like a thunderbird and the Indian <laughs> uh, not the puppets. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean not really <laughs> And also in um, in Britain, there's the Owl Man, which is a similar thing to a Mothman, I guess, like a winged man that turns up when bad things happen, apparently. On the in November 15th, 1966, three days after the first sighting took place, two young couples would encounter the bizarre creature. So they were called Roger and Linda Scarberry, and they were driving in Roger's black 57 Chevy Bel Air, with another couple called Steve and Mary Mallet through the area around the TNT area around midnight when Linda noticed two large glowing red eyes in the darkness beside the old power plant and screamed. They soon learned that these eyes belonged to something that looked frankly human, Paul with wings folded against its back. Roger stalled in the road for a minute inspecting the strange creature. They realised immediately that their spectacle was no ordinary bird. The true horror began, however, when the creature spread its wings and pursued them down Highway 62 to the Point Pleasant city limits at speeds, they say, exceeding 100 miles per hour. So when they arrived in town, they were startled and confused. Uh, They couldn't see the bird that chased them. Roger parked his car at the edge of town and he discussed their encounter, eventually deciding that what they saw was nothing more than an aberrant bird. And in an attempt to face their fears, they again drove towards the TNT area. But it wasn't long before they saw the creature again, apparently waiting on them beside Route 62. The couples now realised that their stalker was no bird, but in the instant that the car's headlights landed on the creature, it lifted vertically into the air with tremendous speed and disappeared above the tree line. By the time they arrived into town, they went to Mason County Courthouse and told their story to Sheriff George Johnson and Deputy Miller Halstead. Two hours later, city police began investigating the area, only to return empty-handed. The next day, a press conference was heard was held. Sorry and local press began printing on the story, causing others to come forward with previous and future sightings, but those couples thought and it was the event that started it all. And the November 16th issue of Point Pleasant Register, the strange encounter would be brought to the public eye with the headline, Couple Sees Man-Side Bird, dot, 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 creature, dot, 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 something. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent headline. Yeah. I mean, nobody called it the Mothman yet. But like I say, it was because of Batman, right about the 60s, they thought, oh, well, Batman, Mothman, flying creature, why not? 
So on the morning of November 16th, 1966, Linda Scarberry was rushed to the hospital by her father after experiencing a nervous breakdown. On the phenomenon, Roger Scarberry stated, I'm a hard guy to scare, but last night I was forgetting out of there. I'm talking like a hillbilly because it is an Appalachian <laughs> land and it's basically the type of place where it's like country yokels that live there. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but oh. then that's another thing. Wait, see, when she had a nervous breakdown and ended up going to hospital, that's another sort of theory about um, our myth about the Mothman is that if you encounter the Mothman or if you look into its eyes, you end up terrified and having a like an absolute sense of impending doom and dread, like it fucks you up. And interestingly enough, people recently, as recent as 2011, um, have spotted the Mothman in Chicago, apparently. <laughs> that just kind of sounded like he was on a night out. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. he's, he's went in his holidays to Chicago now, but he's like, fuck it, I don't know, can't be bothered with these. Okay, so here's where it gets weird. So on December 15th, 1967, just over a year after the first Mothman sighting, there was really bad traffic on Silver Bridge, which was originally built in 1928 to connect Point Pleasant, West Virginia to Gallapolis, Ohio. So when you think about it, back in 1928, cars didn't weigh that much. When you've got like the Model T Ford, they're quite light. Whereas in 1967, cars had gotten a lot heavier. So there was like loads of cars on this bridge that day. It got too much, the weight of it. And eventually the bridge just basically collapsed because there was too many cars. So without warning, a single eye bar near the top of the bridge on the Ohio side cracked. The chain snapped and the bridge, its careful equilibrium disturbed. It fell to pieces just like, um, like I don't know, Meccano or just like knocking over some wooden blocks. Or that yeah. Scene, is it Final Destination 2? Two. Yeah, where the, the bridge the... starts falling apart. Was it? Was it not on a road or a motorway and there was like loads of crashes and like logs? I don't remember. Maybe Final Destination 3 or 4. Yeah. One of them is exactly what you just described. So oh. like one the cable snaps and then a section oh. of the bridge falls out and then it all right. just starts. Yeah, so all the cars, pedestrians, it all fell into the icy water of the Ohio River. 46 people died, either by drowning or being crushed by the wreckage. Two of the bodies were never found, which I find really, really disturbing. So following the Mothman sightings, the bridge collapse was the second terrible and bizarre thing to to put Point Pleasant on the map in a year's time. There was also quite a lot of um, plane crashes after that that happened in Virginia, where loads of people died. So people either think it's like when the Mothman shows up, it's trying to either warn people or I don't think it's trying to prevent anything, but it's like basically saying something bad's going to go down. Because some people claim to see the Mothman fly away from the Twin Towers when they blew down. Some people say that the Mothman, yeah, the Mothman was spotted at the Chernobyl disaster and the the swine flu. So maybe the Mothman was around China, around about the coronavirus. <laughs> you know what? Travels. <laughs> yeah. Other people, that, think that, <laughs> well, other people think that by um, Chief Cornstalk putting a curse on that land that he opened up a window from another dimension and at a certain period of time, things can go through the, the window, one of which was like the Mothman. 
that's made me happy well, like, in the realm of windows into other dimensions. <laughs> yeah. I like in like what is it, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where they're sitting on the was it the Hellgate or something? Hellmouth. Well, it's like the Hellmouth. That's what it was. Yeah, maybe it's something the similar Hellmouth. to that. And in 2002, there was a movie with Richard Gere in it. He didn't shove a Mothman up his ass like the Jurassic <laughs> story, but <laughs> ever Richard Gere fucking stick up his ass. I mean, that would be the movie that I would have liked to have seen. <laughs> <laughs> he goes in pursuit of the Mothman, finds him, and then tries to put him up his asshole, but that's not how it worked. So um, it was based on a guy called, uh, based on someone who wrote a book called The Mothman Prophecies, called John Keel. So he wrote this book in 1975, and he basically tried to link the Mothman with UFO activity. He said it's linked to like Men in Black and UFOs, and he thinks the Mothman's maybe some sort of alien creature. I don't buy that. Have you, you seen it? Like works for the Men in Black. <laughs> I feel like I watched that a long time ago. Like a long yeah, it was 2002 ago. it came out. Look, it's open. Oh, I should have a bad no, memory, actually. But yeah, okay, 2002 was like 20 years ago, actually. So yeah, that's a long time ago. My God, shut up. 20 years ago? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that man. Is it, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Scary. years ago. <laughs> So Richard Gere plays a reporter whose wife seems to have witnessed the Mothman shortly before her death. He finds himself inexplicably in Point Pleasant several years later with no clue how he got there, and he's not the only one having trouble explaining himself. Several locals experience premonitions of distant disasters, and there's talk of visitations from a mysterious figure called the Mothman. So the film, basically, you don't ever see the Mothman, I don't think, in the movie. It's just like an eerie kind of disjointedness sort of atmosphere. I don't know. And they're supposed to be... I know my my mom actually likes this film because she loves horror films. But she she loves the fact that you don't actually see the baddie or you don't see the thing that's just left to your imagination. And she always thinks films that it's like, what you imagine is so much worse than what they could ever show you. Yeah, so yeah. she actually likes this one. Oh, well, maybe I should watch it and see what it's like. But there's a character in it that nobody really explains who they, who they are, but they've got a weird name and it's supposedly like linked to the Mothman or something. The film also says that like when you see the the Mothman or like that again you just feel like something bad's going to happen to you the idea that visitations from the Mothman predicted disasters like Chernobyl or the nuclear disaster in Fukushima Japan they haven't really nobody's really seen sightings of Mothman as much since the late 60s but in 2016, a man who just moved to Point Pleasant spotted a mysterious creature jumping from tree to tree, claimed that to local reporters that he was unaware of the local legend of the Mothman until he spotted the beast himself. Whether these sightings are real or not, the, the Mothman's moved to Chicago, apparently, because that's where everyone spotted him now. Um, and there's a picture that someone took, supposedly, of the Mothman flying. And it, um, but to me, it just looks like one of the like a, a bird of prey carrying away a frog. But I'll post it to you and see what you think. What do you think about the Mothman then? Uh, I like the sound of him. I think it sounds like he's a good lad. Well, would you yeah. still think he's a good lad if he eats dogs? Um. <laughs> He's well, got to eat, right? Yeah, he's got I mean, to eat. Like, I can't, I'm not going to judge his diet. He's busy <laughs> coming from his dimension, trying not to get touched up by Richard Gere, trying to get his voice <laughs> stuff that's going yeah. bad. The only well, thing is his dogs when he sees dogs, doesn't he? Yeah, I suppose. Like, there was a guy in the 60s. 
who said that um, around the time that these sightings were taking place, that his television started making funny noises and like looking weird, like the picture was gone and it was hearing like sort of what sounds like a woman screaming. And then he went outside and uh, his dog ran after him, like went with him, obviously. And then he realised his dog just sort of ran off and then he didn't come back. And he said that there was a mothman that took it. But then he did find the body of a dead dog later. I think but that then it disappeared dog again. And he's trying to pin it on the Mothman who <laughs> dog. Yeah. What do we think about the Mothman appearing um before disasters and stuff? What do we think the Mothman is? Like he's been described maybe... as having levery wings, like like webbed wings. Like and when he flies, he doesn't flap his wings. It it sort of glides like a like a sugar what are they called? Sh- Sugar babe? No, sugar sugar, sugar gliders. You sugar gliders. You know, like bush baby things. Yeah. Glides like that. Um, oh, also, if you like, because they're nocturnal, I don't know what it is, but it's something to do with like the way their eyes are like made up. If you shine a light on them at night, like it basically fully reflects back on you. So it yeah. looks an insane like bright orange glow, like it's almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could be. That's why people are saying it's either like a reflection of like of, of a a massive bird size, you know, like owls and stuff do that, or it could be one of those sand cranes. I like to think that the Mothman's out there somewhere. I like the idea that it's a giant sugar glider. I mean, I'm really paranoid because like just before like oh you know all our internet cut off at the same time, and yeah, that was really weird. Do you know this is the only one that's creeped me out a bit. I'm actually really creeped out. Yeah. Like, I'm starting to think that the Mothman is, is like, out there listening or it's somewhere <laughs> in a dimension and knows we're talking about it. Like, really even if you talk about the Mothman... And I never get this, but I just have this really weird, like, feeling that I'm, like, slightly off as though he's, like, standing outside my window. Yes, that's what happened. I can't see him. I'm not even joking, Mark. People in Chicago have... Like, there was a story I read about students, right, that live in a campus in Chicago, and she was just, like, looking, like, getting dressed, looking out the window or whatever, and she started screaming because, like, and she was, like, really, really freaked out, like, shaking and everything, and her boyfriend came in and was like, what's wrong? And she's like, I just saw a thing looking at me through the window with, like, bright red eyes, and then it just flew off. And at the same time, someone else, then him, he saw it later on, like looking at him out a window and then he said like their their friends that were hanging outside near the basketball court or something said that they saw a massive man like with wings and, and this was at night time and, and they all like afterwards like had nightmares and felt like really bad and now I'm thinking that I'm talking about it you're talking about it, you're talking about something you feel like something's looking at you through the window what if it's going to do that now? I mean I hope not, I'm not going to look out the window tonight now don't look out the window. Please don't look out the okay. window. Maybe we should move on then, Yes. Yeah, what have, have you got a palate I cleanser? Got shivers, <laughs> I've got shivers down my back. It's I know, creepy. it's really creepy. It's really creepy. Okay, I'm going to totally change the subject then and go to t- totally different you know, <laughs> mythological creatures and do uh, Medusa because I, I love like Medusa stories and so see when I was little as well as had a little bit of the background when I was little because my hair is obviously crazy and curly and mental every time I used to wake up in the morning I'd go downstairs to have my cereal and my dad would look at me he's like you look like Medusa because my hair is absolutely wild so it's always kind of been a name my dad has called me as well um, 
but um what would everyone else who meant to say with her like crazy snake hair well yeah so there's different stories about her whether whether she is absolutely beautiful or if she's like really ugly and disgusting so there's there's sort of different versions of it <clears throat> but they all sort of start with excuse me <clears throat> that basically she was used to be this really really beautiful woman and basically she she went to Athena's temple or whatever it would be and so she was there like she was like a priestess of Athena and she was in her temple like praying or whatever and then Poseidon showed up and because she was so beautiful they slept together and there's sort of different scenarios as whether they slept together because she wanted to or whether he raped her but either way I, they, I think he probably raped her, probably raped her it's Greek mythology <laughs> a lot of raping happens absolutely done <laughs> so because this happened because he slept with her Athena got really really jealous and really pissed off so she basically transformed her hair into snakes um, and sort of cast her off to I can't remember that place was which was basically protecting all these different things and she was cast away um, but she has two sisters as well and all three of them are the um, the Gorgon sisters and yeah. like all three of them are described as being really horrible ugly like they've got almost got like horny like features and You've almost got the snake-like hair, and um, I used to love this. And I used to watch Clash of the Titans. When I was yes. Like, yeah. It was so terrifying looking, but I think they should have made her beautiful because then it would. Because you know, obviously, if you look at her in the eyes, then you turn to stone. But yeah, I think, it's almost like if you was saying, "Well, no man should look upon you and live, or something like that. No man will desire you anymore." Yeah, exactly. Because you will kill them. Yeah. Oh, I thought they should make her look beautiful because of that because men yeah. at her and then turned to stone but yeah so the reason she also got cast away and then there was the dude that killed her um perseus so he was zeus and what's her name? i think athena was hot for him as well because she helped him out if i remember from the film so he basically you know how he goes off to chop her head off and yeah stuff, brings yeah. it back a present for athena so that ah. he can get her blessing and stuff but the reason he was sent off is because, what's his name, King Polydectus fancied his mum. And he really wanted to, like, get with his mum, so he had to send him away. So he sent him away on this, like, crazy trip that he thought, okay, this is impossible, and he didn't know he's ever going to get there. There's no way he's ever going to kill this guy. So he sent him off, so, like, you need to bring me back Medusa's head. Because you could also use it as a weapon, like, if you held it and put it in front of anything it would also turn to stone as well so he thinks so that gets him out of the way and then i can like shag his mum it's a bit elaborate oh my god so it's like so what's his name Poseidon has went off perseus sorry has went off to find medusa and he has to go see those other three sisters as well which used to gently terrify me um the ones that would basically share, they shared an eye and a, oh, and yeah. a tooth. Oh, and yeah. They really scare me. And for some reason, I've lost the name of them, but they used to terrify me. The fact oh, they, they, were, going they were the fates because they could yeah. see they only used one eye and then they would cut a thread and then that would be like your death, the end of your life or something, I think. Oh, they so weird actually but the, I always remember they had to share an eye yeah. so they would take the eye out and pass it between them but they could also see like other, they, they weren't just seeing what's in front of you they could so they could tell him how to get to Medusa as well and like all the things that he had to go through to get there there's also another side of how she became Medusa as well that's not sort of Greek mythology but there's stories from 
around Libya, which is really random. But it's when the British soldiers were there, um, and everyone there at the time was Christian. But they basically, there was a Libyan queen who took her trips out into battle, and she was beheaded and lost. But again, she was meant to be really beautiful and really fierce, and like also she's leading like her troops into battle. Yeah. Um, so they yeah started a legend about her, and she was also called Medusa. Um, so I've never heard that side of it before, but it's quite interesting. And did she grow snake as mm. her hair? Her head chopped off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. But yeah, so I don't, I don't kind of like it's kind of like you know when you kill a wasp and like that time when I was with you, I killed a wasp and put it in the bin, and then I was like in primary school and then I went. I used to go to the bin with my friends to to just chat, you know, as an excuse. Do you ever used to do that? I said like, let's go sharpen our pencils, <laughs> and then you would just have a chat. <laughs> Chat. <laughs> Did you do that? I, I don't know. That sounds like something I would do. But yeah. So that, like, well, not that I'm allowed in school just now, but like my first years definitely do that. Like, and doesn't to be like a not to gender you... people, but a girl thing to do. That yeah, like four girls will go to the bin at the same time, and I'll be like, why are you, why are you all your chair girls? <laughs> We're just sharpening our pencils. Like, no. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what we used to do, and then I and then I dropped my like sharpener in the bin, and then I went to go and get it, and then I got like a really sharp pain in my hand, and I was like, ah, fuck, what's that? And then I realised it was a wasp. So it's a bit like Medusa's, like got her head chopped off, <laughs> it's deadly, much like a wasp. I feel really sorry for Medusa because she didn't really do anything wrong. It's just because she slept with someone, she gets like cast away. Yeah. yeah. So sad. Then, like like mythology, oh. it's always the women get the the. the the victim, the rape victim that gets yeah. punished, not the other way around. Like when we did our podcast about Zeus, that's basically all that ever happened. Well, Perseus is Zeus's son as well in all this. And <sighs> it's just horrible because not only is she like turned her into a pure witch woman, she does actually help Perseus like get there. And when she goes to those old women with the, with the one eye, they give him like winged sandals so he can fly to get there. They give him like um, oh, he's got Pegasus a horse. He's got Pegasus a flying horse. So she helps him get to where like she's so far away in this place that nobody can ever get to, and she helps him get there. So it's not enough that she's turned her into this. She's also helping kill her. Yeah, she's like, like the most vindictive bitch ever. Exactly. Like like, what she, like you say, she's done nothing wrong, and it's not even. Like her fault that if people stare at her, they turn to stone, and she goes away to the middle of nowhere. And justice for Medusa, I say. Yeah, yeah. And through all of this, I don't understand why she has to have all this horrible stuff. And then he also goes in with the the shield, and he sort of looks at her in the reflection, so he never has to actually look at her. And then he gets up close to her and chops her head off and puts it in a bag. And it's just like he didn't even speak to her. I mean, in a way, it says it's a bit sick like, as well because she can't even get any peace and death. Uh-huh. You know, you think she'd be like, oh, thank fuck, I'm no longer, I'm dead now, I don't have to put, be a horrible snake creature, and then, no, no I'm still alive, my head's in a bag, and um, I, I turn people into stone now, <laughs> I'm still dead, like a wasp. It's awful, <laughs> like, it's really bad, it's just like, why, like, why do that to her, like, was it not enough? Um, it's like and then a jealous woman throwing acid in another, yeah. like, another woman's face. Yeah. yeah. But, oh, that's horrible. But yeah, just as bad. Um, and then on top of all this, when she got turned into like with the snakes and all that, she was pregnant because obviously she'd slept with Poseidon, so she's also uh-huh. pregnant. And it's just like, okay, so there's no end to this woman's suffering. Well, and, like, her kids? 
so her the kids bit is I'll be honest I don't really understand the kids part because the, her what came out of her was a golden sword and Pegasus the winged horse which oh. I because that's what he uses the winged horse to fly out oh, of there. Oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, <laughs> you mean yeah. murders her and then flies out of her house on her own baby child? Yeah. 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 So this part I'm just struggling with because I'm like, that's really fucked up. Like, really, I really, really like up. the idea, though, that, like, if I was like, oh, this is my pal Medusa and you probably know her son and daughter, this is her son Pegasus. Yes, he has a flying horse. And this is our wee girl Julie the Golden Sword. <laughs> She's not or Chrysor. Um, like, what the fuck? Like, what the actual fuck? It's just wrong. Disgusting. But yeah, that's that's all about Medusa, who's wronged her whole life, basically. I think it's terrible. Yeah, just because some watery fuckboy came around. Basically. Decided to have his way with her. Um, we didn't catch Bigfoot treating people like that. No, Bigfoot. <coughs> Bigfoot wouldn't. I don't even think. Oh no, how would I know? I don't think rape's a concept in Bigfoot's world. No, God no. No. I like to. Mm-hmm. I like to think of Bigfoot as just being like really nice, one with nature, looks after all the animals, can't stand animals being hurt, and they just they're just like peaceful happies of the forest. Yeah, they're all about consent. Yeah, I actually realised all three of the things we spoke about today are actually all like nice or like. So the Mothman is trying to warn you something bad happening. We're going to pretend it's nice. Bigfoot is this nice wee thing, and then Medusa's actually like her symbology is usually it's just protecting the dead or guarding tombs or warding off evil spirits. So they're all like just lovely creatures that have been yeah. wronged in their lives or deaths. Well, actually wronged in their deaths when it comes to the Mothman and Medusa. But it's a terrible one. Apparently the Mothman's having a great time in Chicago, though. <laughs> but then it makes me think, what's going to happen in Chicago then? Why is it there? Is there going to be some sort of disaster in yeah. Chicago? Oh, or there might be several Mothmen, I don't know. I don't know how he can be in several places at once. He's just like Santa. He's Santa. He brings yeah. doom and gloom to everyone. <laughs> 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 I just don't like the idea. Angel of Death or something? Oh, do you think it's Angel of Death? People just seeing it like like, it doesn't actually like prevent any of these disasters. It just seems to show up when they happen. Maybe people should be paying more attention. Are banshees not meant to be like that? I know they scream and stuff, but do they not warn of? Yeah, I think they, they tend to scream when someone's about to die. Yeah. So if you hear a banshee, you know it's either you that's going to die or someone who you know who's ill is going to die. I think that's. Be, I think they'll be um, working overtime these days with the way things are. <laughs> It's terrible. It's Banshee and the Mothman get together. Yeah, I don't know what to say. The whole Mothman thing. Um, well, what are we going to talk about next week, guys? Oh, you still got your list of. Yeah, of let's pull something out of a hat. I do still have my list. Okay, let's do it. I will pick a number. What number is it? Uh, we have 13 left. 10. Okay, uh, so 10 is genetic engineering slash modification slash bring things back from the dead slash that kind of stuff. That's pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to bring back things from the dead is a separate Necromancy? thing. Zombies? I think I we think meant like bringing things back from the dead, like 
like genetically engineered and things back from the dead, like like mammoths and things like that. So like you know the idea that like some scientists think you could bring mammoths back from the dead by oh, like genetically engineering Basically, it's all like Jurassic Park, basically. Yeah, it's like genetic engineering Jurassic Park madness. Okay, that's interesting. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and someone has to get Jurassic Park in there then. It's gonna blow my mind. Okay. I feel like genetic engineering Jurassic Park madness should be the title for next week's episode. I will do that. <laughs> okay, well, thanks. Been an interesting one. Um, yeah. Get, I'll post some pictures of the Mothman and Bigfoot and all that jazz and Medusa, of course, on our Facebook page and Twitter, which is podcast underscore myth. And yeah, have a swatch at that. <laughs> Let us know what you think. <laughs> all right, well, good night and bye. Bye. Chris, so, myth. 